1: From baseball's top personalities. The Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob casas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players. Five-time Major League Baseball home run champ Mark McGuire is with us here. You never know what stories you're going to hear. We used to about out here lunch and run with our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend.
1: We have a special edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Towns, and it's a broadcaster's edition because we've missed these guys. We've missed their voices during the offseason and the lockout. We're going to have Ken Korak, Vince Catronio, and Glenn Kuiper for you. Here is the voice of summer, the voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak. Do we have Ken Korak? Ken, are you there? I am here. Ah, there's your beautiful voice. We have missed you. Hey, what's up, buddy? I've missed you, too. We're uh we're just thrilled to be back on the air and get it get get the machine rolling again.
2: Yeah, the band is back together, so let's get going, man.
1: Yeah, you know it was. Uh, I think it was smart for all of us to sit back and not do anything and wait it out. But now that. Uh now that uh, it's over and now that the deal's done, I think for all of us, it's you know we'll talk about the business parts of it the next couple of days, but the most important thing for us and for A's fans, and that's who we're here for, is to entertain them. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's about getting ready for that wonderful sport in between the lines and not worrying about all the business outside the lines.
2: Yeah, we can put that past us, and I think you're right, Chris, in the main thing. You mentioned our fans, and I, I feel great for the fans of baseball. Uh, the season will be delayed a little bit, but it, I guess it could have been worse. Uh, still playing 162 games, and you know, let's face it, Chris, the last couple of years have not been easy with COVID, and now the war in Ukraine. And you know, I think the, the chance to bring some joy to people and baseball—I know this is maybe I'm romanticizing a little bit—has always been able to to provide that, Chris. And then the people who. Uh, you know, look maybe for a time there where uh, the folks in Arizona and in Florida might miss out on spring training. It's not going to be a full spring, but the A's are playing 18 games down there. So it's a, it's a great chance for the people in those areas to see some baseball and the people who work at the ballparks and hotels and, you know, so forth. So uh, I, I'm feeling pretty good about what transpired yesterday.
1: You know, we came on briefly yesterday just to say hello and we're back and we did that whole song and dance and I was talking about a text thread I was on with my buddies about how some of them were, you know, mad that the season was going to start late and I had to remind everybody going, you do realize this is incredibly early to start and even though I don't like starting late, I'm not bummed about starting late because I know how bad the weather is around the country, like even April 8th where you guys are going to be in Philadelphia, you have no idea whether it's going to be snowing, raining, or sunny out. And I was trying to think back when I was a kid, and I want to go back to when you were a kid, Ken. When was, like, the starting time for baseball when you were a kid?
2: It was around April 10th. Yeah. That's the day that really rings true to me when you talk about opening day, Chris. It was not March 30th or 31st or even April 1st, so... April tenth is is you know what comes to mind, and that that date is just kind of etched in my in my memory as you know that one day we used to focus on.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh, and it's going to be for us April eighth. So so it's going to be during yeah. that time. So How about I, a tough
2: road trip. How about a tough way for Mark Kase to begin his eighth <laughs> tenure? You got the Phillies, the Rays, and the Blue Jays on the road. Uh, you know that's being thrown right into the fire for sure. But you also mentioned the weather it may be a little iffy in Philly but then after that the A's have two series in domes so you know they're going to play all the games once they get down to St. Petersburg
1: so Mark Kotze is going to join us today at 3 30 and when you talk about a perfect fit we're all going to miss Bob Melvin but if there was somebody who could come right in and fill Bob Melvin's shoes and know the vibe of the organization, not only know the players, but have the trust of the players, the trust of the front office, and probably more than ever, can the fact that you're going to have a shorter spring training and you got to be ready to go quick, if you would brought somebody in from the outside who needed to learn and develop relationships and earn trust and all that, you wouldn't have enough time. How key is it now that you have a guy like mm-hmm. Mark Kotze when you have very little time to get ready to compete?
2: Yeah, especially because he really knows the organization. I think that's what you're getting at. And he's a pro. He's been around a long time. So even though it's his first year as a manager, um, he's, he has a wealth of, uh, of knowledge and experience in, in baseball. And I remember when Mark first joined the A's and we were thrilled to have him, number one, because I always admired him as a player. But number two, he just personified class, Chris. And I know you feel the same way from your interactions with him. So, uh, And they have a veteran coaching staff. And I was just looking as I just looked at the email that the A's sent out um, regarding the non-roster players. I think they're going to lean heavily on them uh, for the first few days of spring training, 23 non-roster players. So if you didn't have a lot of knowledge of the organization, I think that might make it uh, even harder.
1: Well, there's going to be some changes in baseball. And I know everybody doesn't love change. I know you don't love change in baseball. We've talked about that, but, you Are know, you saying I'm an old
2: guy? Come on. Well,
1: one of the things about modernizing the game is changing the game and with playoffs and expansion and a lot of these different things and you know, the fact that starting next year everybody's going to play each other every single year. Just when you kind of look at, I, I don't want to get into the money with you because it doesn't matter for you and me. That's just about the players and the owners. But when you look at the CBA and the future of baseball in the next five years, and I know you've been reading up on it. What do you think?
2: Well, I, I think That initially I was pretty resistant. It's taken some time, Chris, for me to come around on some of the potential changes. Uh, But I'm coming around on the, you know, legislating shifting. Um, I'm really coming around on the pitch clock idea. So I I think some of those things will really benefit the game. And we'll see how, you know, I I actually think it it was smart that they put off the final decision, let's say, on the international draft. Chris, because I think there's more investigation uh, that needs to happen before both sides feel really good about going forward with that. I think they will at some point. So uh, I think there, there will be uh, many things that I'll be on board with from that standpoint.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, a sport that you and I love so much and we watch a lot and it's going on right now as we speak, the Players' Championship. Uh, TPC Sawgrass at the stadium course. It's one of the great events every single year on the PGA Tour. But one of the things that the PGA Tour had to do was it had to recognize its international players and so many of the international players were coming now to play on the PGA Tour on a full-time basis and their voices needed to be heard and they have been heard and I think for the first time here Ken international players are weighing in on what's best for the international players what's happening with these kids in the Dominican and Puerto Rico and Cuba and every- I don't don't you think that's really good for our is we're now really listening to the international players,
2: and there those international players have made such an incredible mark upon the game. So, and like I said, I think it's important that they're going to wait, take their time, and that those players will have their input when it comes to the draft. And the other thing, just back to your your question question before last on some of the things that'll be implemented, I'm I'm glad that they didn't go to a 14 team postseason. Uh, I think 12 was enough. I just don't, you know, Chris. Uh, Call me an anachronism, but if you're going to play 162 games and eliminate basically half the teams, I just think it waters down the regular season. So I'm okay with 12. I'm glad they didn't go to 14.
1: When you think about 99 days off, and Maury Brown from Forbes joined us, and we talked to him about this, you know, the business of baseball. And you had these teams that were talking to each other, uh, they were talking to agents they're looking at players that are free agents they're they're thinking about potential trades and then all of a sudden you sit for 99 days then you have a CBA and as a front office now you have new rules right you have new rules right. you have new ways to do business for the A's the A's are now the A's are going to be one of four teams that are now going to be getting extra money from major league baseball uh, how much do you think just whether it's the A's or no matter what market you're in and how you view yourself, do you think maybe the way you want to do business has changed because the business has changed?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to take a, a more thorough examination of that. I don't think that there's going to be a huge impact uh, if you look at the next two weeks, uh, Chris, but it's going to be incredible. It's going to be like our own version of March Madness to see who signs and trades, and it's going to be, I mean, the agents in the front offices, you know the agents, front office right now is working overtime because there are just so many things you have to do, uh, Chris. It's going to be a wild uh, next couple of weeks for sure.
1: You know, the guys that I'm really rooting for and I do every single year are the guys that are the true grinders out there that when they go to spring training, they're, they're not playing to get in shape. They're not working on their tan. They're not playing golf. They're they're trying to get a job, and I respect those guys. And they go from organization to organization, camp to camp. And when you're somebody, let's say you're a guy trying to get a job with the A's, you're just not auditioning for the A's. You're auditioning for 29 other teams too. And they'd be the one guys that I worry about not having a full spring, kind of like the you know. And they got hurt big time in the COVID year in the 60 game uh, season is that the guys that are, you know, the lower part of your 26 man roster, but they're very, they're very versatile. They're big for your versatility. I'm really pulling for those guys. Cause when you say, Ken, this really hurts them.
2: No doubt. And maybe some of the players, some of the veterans on the margins might have to take minor league deals. Or we'll have a difficult time finding, uh, deals because things are so compressed now. So I think you make a, a really good point, although I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of the interview, and that is that I think a lot of these young guys and non-roster invitees, as, as I said, the A's have 23 going to camp. They might be getting a pretty close look early in the spring, uh, and that, that'll that benefit them. And I'm really, it's, I think, for me, having done this all these years, one of the most enjoyable aspects of it and the most intriguing is just the chance to see – some of these young guys, because then once they, once they go back down, we're not going to see them likely for five months unless they get called up. So I can't wait to see some of the, the young players in the A's organization. I'm always, you know, the, the drama that plays out with a veteran player coming into camp and looking for one final shot. Or maybe a guy like Eric Thames, who's back in, in a big league campus here in a South Bay product, as you know, with a chance maybe to make the club. The other thing, on a, on a more personal level, Chris, is that it's been really hard to prepare for this season. So we're going to have to undergo events and, and myself and the rest of the broadcast as kind of a, a crash chorus over the next week or two because we didn't really know the, the full makeup of the clubs. I don't think that we, you know, two weeks ago, it would have been really hard to, to, give, you a, to give a full rundown on the A's team and all most of the other teams because uh, you're going to see some changes in the next couple of weeks and and obviously some additions as
1: well. Well, you talk about how I'm a dinosaur. I'm still the guy that likes to go by. Athlon and Streets and Smith and the Preview magazines. I I still get every single week. It used to be Baseball Weekly, but it's now Sports Weekly. I've subscribed to this for over 30 years. And each week they send you all the different sports, but they start going through the baseball. And so I have every team's baseball preview. I have what kind of looks like a 40-man roster and a depth chart. and It tells you all about what to look at, but it's so incomplete that, I mean, we're going to basically be updating every roster and everything probably through the first, I don't know, three, six games of the season.
2: If you're a baseball junkie, Chris, as we are, and you love to go to, the, like, the back page of the sports section and see the transactions in the agate type, the next two or three weeks are going to be for you. <laughs> it's going to be a feast for those people. So, yeah, you're right. It's going to be a really interesting stretch. So we'll see how it plays out, but... Uh, i'm really you know i'm going down on tuesday so i i can't wait to get down there
1: i think about the fans and no fans in 2020 we had limited fans at the start well, at, yeah 2021 we had limited fans to start last season mm-hmm. and just just the fact that we're looking at getting back into the stadium getting back to normal what does that mean for you and what do you think it means not only for you but to the fans you're going to be broadcasting well, to
2: well, for us, we haven't been on the road since 2019. The only road games we've done, we did a couple of games in San Francisco last year, and that's been it. So that's, that's a big thing for us, obviously. And then, as I know you read and you've probably talked about already, uh, the media will be allowed back in the clubhouses, which hasn't happened since 2019. And let's just hope that we have put the virus behind us, you know, and that uh, fans, you know, feel more comfortable about going to the ballpark, Chris. And there's nothing better than watching baseball in the summertime. And the weather in Oakland is, is usually very good during the baseball season. So it will mean a lot. And I would I would assume that when the A's open the season in Philly, uh, given good weather, we're going to see packed houses out there. It's going to be great.
1: No doubt about it. Would, would, have you been told yet the first game you're going to call in spring?
2: Uh, I'm gonna do the first game. Yeah, I mean, it's I, everything is very tentative. The, yeah. the, the, um, I don't think the spring training schedule has officially been released yet, Chris. Yeah. But I think that everybody is, has settled on a week from today being the the first game for the teams in the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. So I know that tentatively I'm gonna I'll be doing the spring opener. I think at least the first be doing the first three games. So. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we're going to get right back into it.
1: Well, we'll end on this. If there's one good thing that's going to come out of this for spring training, I remember when I was down, the last time I was at spring training was 2019. God, I can't believe that. But I remember being down the left field line there in Mason. I got something to eat, and I'm standing on the rail down the left field line, and the A's when the Dodgers came over and we had that huge show and the Dodgers were there and all the national media was there and everybody was talking about this could be the preview of the World Series. And I remember late in the game it was the bases loaded for the Dodgers. They had two guys wearing the number 99 and they had another guy don't wearing me. and they had another guy wearing 98. So we had a 98 and two 99s on the bases. I don't think you're going to have that this spring.
2: You mean you might have 198, where wear, <laughs> somebody wearing 150, I think Wayne, you might see that
1: Wayne Gretzky We need a lot of help in the spring. Wayne, we Gre- need help. Wayne, but you know what? It's go ahead. Well, I was going to say you had Wayne Gretzky on second and third. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> Tom Harmon, old number 98. You know the old timers remember him. But yeah, you know it's it's just such a it's such a great time, and I you know I have so many memories of going down to street training as a kid and. Even now when I make that drive through the desert and the, the desert blooms, it's all those, you know, all the symbolism and analogies about baseball season kind of coming alive and blooming like the saguaro cactus. So I buy into all that romantic stuff. Cause I remember back in the sixties uh, going to the angels used to train in Palm Springs and going to an angels giants game and getting there early with my dad and my mom and spring training, And while the Giants were taking batting practice and Willie McCovey hit a ball that rolled under the right field fence during BP. And I got that baseball that he hit. I mean, now we're going back decades, man. So it's it's much more informal in the spring. And I think that's one of the things that attracts a lot of fans to spring training.
1: Well, I can tell you for the fans, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. They just miss hearing your voice.
2: I miss them. Too, man. (laughs) I really do. I really, I've heard from a lot of people the last couple of days, so there's a lot of joy that that we're going to get going, man. I can't wait. And it's so great that, you know, you and Cody are doing your thing again. And I know that what you guys are doing means a lot to our fans as well. I got to. And the other thing, Chris, I want to say this, and that is it's going to be really emotional to do the first spring training game in a week or so and not have Ray by Uh, our side. And we'll we'll spend a lot of time, I think, reminiscing about the great times we spent with Ray, and I, I'm sure our fans will will enjoy that because, like like Bill, you know, they both both Ray and Bill sadly passed away in October, and our fans didn't really have the chance to say goodbye to them, give them a proper goodbye. So we'll try to do that, uh, especially early in spring training.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to give any news. I can just tell you we will be celebrating. The man that I called the face of the franchise, a man that we love so much, uh, Ray Fossey. We'll yeah. we'll be celebrating him throughout the year. There's no well, question about it.
2: You have you have hundreds of hours of interviews with Ray that you know. I'm sure you're going to do something with that because our fans would love to hear his voice.
1: No doubt about it. And I have a sneaky suspicion. Uh, that first spring training game that you're going to be coming on with me before that spring training game. I got to, I got I to, gotta, I, I, I'm just going I <laughs> I <hope> to, so. <laughs> I think it's a good bet.
2: I'd love to do it, man. Right. you got my number. All right, buddy, we miss
1: you. All
2: right, pal. Thanks, Chris. The Thanks great, for everything, man.
1: The voice of summer, the voice of your athletics, the great Ken Korak. From King Korak to his broadcast partner, Vince Catronio. Vinny, how are you? It is
3: 80 degrees and sunny. It'll be in the eighties all week to get down to 70 on Sunday, back in the eighties all next week. How, I am ready to talk about stuff that's happening on a baseball field.
1: How, how excited are you for Friday?
3: I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, yes. And it's going to be bittersweet. Certainly, you know, it's, it, it's begun to, to hit me again, you know, that we're going to be without Ray and it's especially so on Friday because, you know, it happened long before I got there. But in all my years, you know, the first day, the first two days of spring training uh, and the pregame show always was parts one and two of Ray with Billy Bean on the State of the Union. And, you know, we're not going to have that this year and, you know, moving forward. That's going to be tough, but I'm certainly looking forward to uh, the baseball, looking forward to seeing Ken and, and getting back to work.
1: Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, how close the broadcast team is and how close Ray was to all of us and to you and how much he cared about you and and what he brought, you know, being on radio on days that he wasn't on television or or during spring training and. You know, you talk about someone that loved this organization and loved the A's. No matter what, good, bad, or ugly, no one loved it more than Ray Fossey. And it's going to be a year where we're we're going to pay tribute to this great man the entire year. But, yeah, I mean, the loss, I don't think we really know what it's going to be like until we go through it.
3: And the other side of it, too, which made Ray so special is that, look, as we saw beginning today or even a couple days ago, first with Chris Bassett and now with Matt Olson. And if you were to believe everything you're reading, it's there's still more to come that there's going to be a lot of change with this club. And while maybe the competitor in Ray would be frustrated that like many fans uh, would say, I wish we could have kept this club together longer. That's not happening. He would do an excellent job of, of finding the positive in who's coming or who we get to see grow and who might be that next wave. The club is trying to, Find their way back to the postseason and, and do so during a you know a, a multi-year run, and uh, I guess you know for a variety of reasons, which are out of all of our control, they made the determination that this is the time that they've got to make that kind of evaluation, and and that's underway. And they've you know they've made some moves, they've gotten some power arms back. We'll see what else comes ahead for us.
1: This season will be which number for you at the Athletics? Uh, seventeen. Number 17. So you think about that. For me, I think this is like year 25, 26, doing this in the Bay Area. You're talking 17 years. All these years we've talked ballpark. And here we are on March fourteenth, twenty 2022, and we still don't have a deal for one. And it's no, so and it's so tough that all these years we go through all this and different players and this this is not the first time this has happened. Hopefully, it's going to be the last. But it's just you know we've been on this roller coaster with a new ballpark for a long, long time.
3: I think you'll agree, Chris, because you've been very close to it with the with the variety of shows you've done with Dave Cavill with the build program that you guys have done. Uh, nobody's pushed it closer to the goal line than Dave and his team. And it does seem much more like a reality than, than you know, the, the lifetime of, of the conversation about moving. And so we'll keep our fingers crossed that by, you know, during the summer and certainly maybe by the end of, of the baseball season, we have a, you know, a clearer picture of what everybody hopes will be, uh, you know, the beautiful ballpark at Howard Terminal and, and what that would mean for this organization moving forward.
1: And you know, I I started the show out with this, and you know, we have to be honest. I thought this was a very shrewd move by both the Atlanta Braves and the Oakland Athletics long term. I mean, Braves fans are not going to be thrilled with this, but but could be a great move for them. But for us, we you know, the one thing we always have to be cognizant of is the fans, and it's very tough when you have players that you love and you lose them.
3: Yep, and but you got you've got to keep in mind also this is. I mean, right or wrong, this is something maybe ace fans are more accustomed to than any other group of uh, fandom in baseball because they've seen the turnover time and time again. And while they've said goodbye to, you know, players that they've liked, they've they've come to embrace the the next crop of players through a combination of uh, of trade and acquisition. And you know, you you look at the group that that they moved, Chris Bassett they acquired in a, in a trade, Marcus Simeon they acquired in a trade, you know. You look at uh, what else is happening. You know, Josh Reddick, back in the day, was acquired in the trade. Frankie Montas, Shamanai, I mean, the list goes on and on. Ramon Laureano. These are guys that are close to to the A's uh, group, and these were guys that were not originally part of the organization. So you got to give credit to Billy and David and the rest of the staff that that identifies players and and makes those kind of decisions. Now, nobody wants to. You know, everybody would love to to fall in love with their team and keep them. You know, uh, in, until the very end of the line, if possible, that just doesn't happen very often with the with the majority of teams. And even look at what you know, the Atlanta Braves, who won the World Series, have made a decision to arguably move what was going to be this this group's Chipper Jones and and said goodbye to him, that he's not going to finish his career as an Atlanta Braves. So, I mean, it, there there are different decisions for every organization to make, and this is the one that the A's have made, and. This is what we're going to deal with, so I'm looking forward to seeing Christian Pache, Rome, the outfield. He's supposed to be a plus plus defender. They got two dynamic power, number one, pick, you know, first round pick arms in these deals with with the Mets and with the Atlanta Braves, and we'll see what, if these guys can can uh, accelerate through the system and see if they get a chance to participate on the big leagues. You know, 23 and uh, no later than 24 guys well, even this
1: year. You know, when, when, when these things go down, it makes you realize why Bob Melvin left for San Diego and why Mark Kotze is the right guy for the job. I mean, if you would have brought somebody in here that did know, did know the organization, didn't have the relationships, didn't have the relationship with the front office or the other minor league coaches, minor league players, big league players, just how key is continuity and Mark Kotze for what this organization is going to do going forward?
3: Look, we we all respected the kind of player that Marcotte was, you know, the, the, the words used to describe his abilities, you know, you know, a headsy player, uh, you know, a guy that was uh, uh, managing from center field, a guy that you had great leadership and great skills and made the most of everything that he had in his body. And those things will translate as he you know makes this transition as a manager there will be there will be challenges i mean things will even for somebody that played for as long as he played and he's been coaching as long as he's played some things will come upon him faster than maybe he had anticipated and he will adjust to that that's the nature of you know doing this for the very first time even though he's surrounded by people like brad Ausmus, who's very close with as his edge coach and the coaching staff that they've been together now for several years so he's going to rely on them and yet he's as he told us you know, when he first had a chance to meet with the media, you know, what are you? How are you different than Bob Melvin? And they said and he's taking nothing away from Bob, who is as accomplished as, as they come in the big leagues. But Mark Conte says you will you will you will read my emotion easier easier during the course of a game or or as games go on than maybe with Bob. It had nothing to do with Bob's wants or willingness to win every single game, which he certainly wanted to do. And the challenges you had with trying to absorb losses, and doing so basically from a, you know, from a place away from people to see, you may see more of it outwardly from Marquez, and that's going to be a little bit different thing, I think, for A's fans. And well, I think that spark will play for a club that's that's going to be, you know, they're going to have to for the for the deficiencies that they potentially are going to have at the outset, especially moving the kind of veterans that they've had and the kind of production they've had they're going to have to be very good at playing the game. You know, taking the extra base, knowing when to take the extra base. The A's had the most outs on on the bases in the league not including home. You know, like first to third, you know, home to second, you know, things of that nature. That those kinds of things they're going to have to be much much better at uh, as as they try to determine who's the talent, who's the group that they're going to go with moving forward. I think Mark will 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 find a way to Put the stamp of who Mark Kotze was as a player heads up always in the game knew what was expected of him knew what he could deliver and we'll see that stamp on the field
1: all righty since the lockout what's <laughs> what's the deal what's the signing other than take the A's out what's the one that's been most interesting to you
3: I think the what the what the twins and what the Yankees have done with With that trade yesterday with Urshela and Sanchez going to Minnesota, and then Isaiah Kinderfaluffer and Josh Donaldson going to the Yankees. I thought that was unique. First of all, we know Minnesota hasn't beaten the Yankees in the postseason since, you know, Methuselah was a pup, as one of my old partners used to say. I mean, they've lost like 18 straight postseason games for them. So they've taken two of their players and they put them on on their roster to see if that can help them. And they've, you know, they've acquired Sonny Gray as well. So they've been very aggressive. I don't think they're done either. I think the Minnesota Twins are are a surprising team for the level of aggressiveness we've seen once the lockout lifted. I, I would put them for me personally, because because I consider it unexpected at the top of the list.
1: Well, I got to tell you, last year one of the most odd press conferences was Garrett Cole. Being questioned about Spider Tack, and one <laughs> and one of the reasons why he was questioned was because of Josh Donaldson, and that's kind of what JD brings. And JD's kind of that guy when he's on your, your when he's on your side, you love him. When he's not on your side, it's a whole different ball game. But man, Keiner Falefa and what JD, what they're bringing to New York, it's interesting. They got that it factor.
3: Look, when 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 Josh Donaldson made his debut for the A's in the big leagues. He was a you know kind of a for lack of a better he was kind of like a, a pudgy doughy kind of catcher when he caught Gio in in Toronto in in the debut and the the way that he's transformed himself and his persona and uh, allowed that to come out of him really speaks volumes on who Josh Donaldson has has become and we certainly saw it with the A's then it then it grew with the Blue Jays then going on other places he's got to stay healthy but he certainly has has what a lot of people feel like is necessary in New York, which is that, that edge that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm watching you and we're going to do things a certain way. And if it's not done a certain way, you're going to hear from me. And we'll see if that, if that plays out, because Aaron Boone is considered, you know, uh, you know, this, this very uh, relaxed kind of players, manager handling, you know, the, the, on paper, the premier team in our sport, you know, with, History and things of that nature, and maybe they felt like they needed something that's going to—not that—not that, not that Booney doesn't have fire because we've seen some of that, but I think having fire from a player is much different than having fire from the manager.
1: All righty, Vinny, cannot wait for Friday. It's going to be great to hear you guys back on the air. Are you coming down at all? Are you going to come down here? Well, I'm I'm hoping, but uh, we'll see how that works. Well, we'd love to have you.
3: It's gorgeous right now. I'm ready. I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready for the crack of the bat.
1: Awesome. We'll be listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought
0: hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call
1: 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, thanks, Tony. And a voice you're going to be hearing during spring training doing play-by-play, but he is the TV face of A's television. Here's Glenn Kuiper. Glenn Kuiper, how are you, Glenn?
0: Hi, Tommy. Good to see you, buddy. How are you?
1: are you? Are You're down at spring training. That's what I heard on the radio broadcast, correct? I was. Uh, came back yesterday. We were, or I was there
0: from uh, Tuesday to Sunday last week. So um, back in the Bay Area, but then going back the next two weekends to uh, do some TV and radio work. So looking forward to that.
1: You know, before we, we get into our, our usual shenanigans, just, you know, obviously your longtime partner and I, I know the love that you have for Ray and what, you know, we've talked so much about what he meant to the organization. Just, you know, what was it like going down to spring training? It's just obviously it's going to be sad, a little uncomfortable, Just, but just what was it like?
0: Yeah, you know what? It, it, it is. It, 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 it's been hard. Uh, and I knew spring training would be strange because that's when you, you know, you, when you first saw him getting ready for the season and he was always there. And, you know, then he's not there. Um, So, yeah, I thought a lot about it. Um, It'll be hard during the season. You know, I mean, I saw him every day. Um, Sat next to him every day. Sat next to him on the plane. Sat next to him on the bus. Um, So, yeah, it's just going to be one of those years where there's going to be times where, um, you know, you're going to get a little emotional maybe or just have some thoughts to yourself about it but he will be missed. Um, you know, one of the hardest things that I've kind of fought about with the, with what happened to Ray was, you know, we just didn't really get a chance to, I didn't really get a chance to, to, you know, say goodbye to him or talk to him at the end. You know, he had a tough night at the Coliseum where he just was not doing very good in the beginning of August. And, you know, the ambulance came and they took him out of there and that's the last time I saw him. Um, You know, so that's that's been hard. That's something that has sort of stuck with me that, you know, I just this is, you know, my broadcast partner for 18 years, and I really didn't get a chance to to say goodbye to him, you know, so but that doesn't mean we're not going to we're going to talk about Ray, we're going to, you know, we're going to honor Ray all year long, and it's well deserved because he he was an A through and through man. And, uh, he was a special guy and he, he will be missed. He's got a big place in my heart, um, forever. Um, but you know, life goes on, baseball goes on, but man, we're going to miss him a lot. There's no doubt about it.
1: And one thing that he loved is he loved the young players. He loved communicating with the young guys and talking shop with the young guys. You got to see some, you're going to be back there. So just kind of give us the vibe uh, first couple days of what games look like down in the cactus league. Well,
0: listen, I mean, it's it's always hard at the beginning of spring training, even though this year it's a shortened spring training, but the first couple weeks are hard. There's just, you want to see the, the, the guys that are going to be on the team, but you also realize that it's a chance to, to check out younger players as well. So that's just the way it is the first couple weeks. Um, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of new faces in the clubhouse. I mean, there's there's a lot of nameplates up there that you don't fully recognize. It's like that in most parks, but, you know, you, there's trades that were made. You get a lot of younger players, and some of them are in big league camp. Um, you know, so it's just – it's a tough way to evaluate. It's, it's always been a joke of my town where you go to spring training the first couple of weeks, and you come back home, and you have fans go, hey, how does the team look? I'm like, honestly – I don't know. I don't know, because, you know, I didn't see, you know, Andrus playing and, and, you know, Laureano and that kind of thing. So um, it's it's an interesting time for the A's. And listen, we are going to see some young guys. That's just the reality of it. But it's going to take us a while to kind of get to know all these guys, and you know, see what they're all about.
1: Well, just to give you an idea, right now we are watching the Angels and the Royals on MLB uh, <laughs> Network, and the defensive end for the Royals, number 90, just struck out. 90. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's right. That uniform number is not going to make
0: it to opening day, I don't think.
1: It's it's so odd to look at you. like That guy's really – like. He's wearing 90, so always uh, always interesting. Uh, you know, one thing that I'm kind of chapped about today, and I guess it's been brewing in me, and now that we're going to see some guys leave and whether you consider it taking shots or not at the organization, it's, it's like everybody's forgetting that this group of, of players – just just had four straight seasons over 500. just had four straight seasons where they almost made the playoffs. they made the playoffs three out of four years and their bad year was 86 wins and they're heading to new organizations. I'm not talking about Matt Olson, but I look at like Chapman. I look at Melvin. they're heading to organizations that haven't really won anything in a long long time, and everybody's acting like the grass is greener, but let's not forget. Glenn most players will never play on a team that goes to the playoffs three straight years or even have the four year run uh that uh that these guys had. I mean, you lived it as a kid with Ray and your brother in Cleveland. They never went to the playoffs three straight years or had four really good years. No,
0: absolutely. I think it says a lot about you know the quality that the team has been the last three four years. And and I and I you know, I think if this team would have stuck together this year, I think they would have had a chance to be a postseason team again this year because the starting rotation, pretty good. Um, if you would have kept Bassett and uh, you know the, the offense, there's there's enough good offensive players, but that that was not uh, what, what what the plan was. And and yeah, but I think it does say a lot about about how good this team was. Um, and, and you know, I, I tell people, Tony, and, and you know it too, is if you look at the A's history. If you, if you go on, you know, some of the websites that I go to, you know, roster resource or, you know, all those that, that show what the teams have done over the years. If you just look at the history of the A's in Oakland, starting in 1968, it is extremely consistent three, four, five good years, three, four down years. It just goes, it goes almost in four or five year increments. Good bad, good, bad, all the way through, all the way through up until last year. Um, It's almost remarkable how consistent it is um, with good stretch. And then you rebuild a little bit. Um, So none of us are surprised by this, but it doesn't make it easier. And I know it's hard for the fans. I I understand. Um, And then there's, there's uncertainty, you know, with the ballpark and, and that type of thing. So, it's not an easy time right now for the athletics organization because they have a lot of stuff going on. Um, But but that doesn't mean that you can't look ahead to the future and think of, you know, there could be a lot of good things going on with, with an influx to your minor league system. Hopefully the stadium situation, you know, continues to move forward in the right direction. Um, You know, and that's just the way we have to look at it. It's not always easy, but that's sort of the reality of it.
1: When you think about Mark Kotze and him being around, he has the trust of the organization because of this long relationship with with Billy and David. And then you think about as a player, and then, of course, them bringing him back, and he really considers himself in Oakland A and he carries that cachet of a former player and then as a coach with a lot of these young guys and you know the knowledge that he has of the organization the relationship that he has with the fellow coaches and managers in the minor leagues and then now being around the big club for years and gaining that respect it that, doesn't it seem like to you he just he seems like the perfect fit for where this organization is right now
0: yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, I think he was their ace first choice all along. He's a great guy. I mean, this is an A one plus guy here, um, and he's gonna do, he's gonna be a good manager. He'll have some some you know there's gonna be a learning curve. I think It helps that he'll have Brad Ausmus as his bench coach. Ausmus has managed in the big leagues. I think that's important. But yeah, and I, we were we had an ace party on Friday night, and David Forrest was on our panel, as was Dave Cavill and Mark Kotze. And, you know, David said that he said, listen, this, this courtship of Mark Kotze, you know, where we've always liked him and he's always liked the organization. He's always wanted to be a manager. And he said, this has been going on for 15 years. So, so none of us are real surprised that Kotze is the manager. Um, and I think it's a great choice. It's, it, it, you know, he's got a lot to handle right now in his first year as a manager with with the trading of popular players, also players that are regulars. Um, and it's a short and spring training. And so he's got a lot going on. Uh, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And uh, to be able to go from Bob Melvin for what, 10, 11 years, all the success that Bob had. And then you hand it over to a guy like Marcotte, even though he's a first time manager. Um, I, I think it's great for the organization now and into the future because he's going to be a good manager for a long time.
1: So earlier today, I was working on my new studio. You're going to love the new studio. We've rebuilt the Townsend studio um we're gonna have to have you down as we're gonna be doing some video stuff from there you're really gonna like it uh so we're redoing it and I'm listening to SiriusXM, XM and I'm listening to a general manager and he probably we're they're talking about the topics of like starting pitching and how the angels are angels are gonna go the six-man rotation again and they start talking about well you know what the average team uses 13 starters a year and I just kind of like it stopped me in my tracks I went that's true, but my god, how there's not enough starting pitching to go go around. I mean, how scary is that when you really think about it that the average team will have 13 different guys start a game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know and that's sort of the way it's going now and and you know, the problem with that Tony is if that's the average well, the guys, the the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th guy to start, probably not guys you want to have out there anyways, right? <laughs> yeah. so, so that's, I mean, that's just sort of a reality thing. But you do, and managers will, will tell you that now, general managers, I man, you got to have, you, you almost have to have seven or eight legitimate guys, even if they're veterans that may, maybe they're in AAA and maybe they're, they're just staying ready for you, but they've started some games before. I think you have to have that now. Um, injuries, you know, watching guys, being careful with innings and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that that's also one of the reasons why, you know, like with the A's even had last year where they really ran the same five guys out there a good chunk of the season. And I thought that was great, you know, where you know who starts and you know he's going to give you a pretty good outing but those days you just don't see that so much anymore. Um, and it's funny. You see teams now that have looked like they have a decent starting rotation and all of a sudden they'll sign another guy and then another guy just to, just to have them ready and have them set to, to cover innings if, if need be. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a, the way baseball is going now. I don't know that I necessarily like it, but but that's the reality of it. You better have a host of starters and you better have some guys in AAA that are ready to, to come up and even make two or three starts for you just to save your main rotation guys. But, now welcome to baseball nowadays, right?
1: Oh, it is just, you know, Max Scherzer today went five innings and everybody went, Oh my God. I, it's like good for him. <laughs> you you would have thought he threw a complete game.
0: Yeah. That's, you know what though? That, that's great. I mean, that's that's what you need to do. Let's go. You know, I mean, I, I, I like it. The fact that, you know, normal spring training guys, their first outing, they'll throw one inning. Well, now they're throwing two or three, which is perfect. Um, but you know, we're not that far away, Tony. I mean, was it two and a half weeks and it's go time. So, so I think guys are accelerating their, their outings and, and you know, too, I think what's happening County is you mentioned a lot of young guys playing. I think that's common around spring training this year is I don't think you're going to see regulars maybe playing a lot early, but maybe that last week to 10 days they'll start getting after it a little bit. doesn't mean they're not getting there at bats on backfield and that type of thing. But, but, and you may see, you may see veteran players, regular players, maybe resting a little bit more at the beginning of the year. So I think that'll be something to watch. And you may have have rosters that are expanded by a player or two as well. I know that's something that is still being discussed by the players' union and Major League Baseball. But I think that is going to happen, whether it be one extra guy on the roster or two extra guys for a limited period of time at the beginning of the year.
1: Is there anybody, young guy, in camp while you were down there or maybe while you're doing your work that you go – this guy in interests me. I'm really interested to see how he is going to pan out. He may not even be a guy slated to even have a shot this year at the big club, but obviously it could be something later on. Is there one name out there you're really looking at in this short spring?
0: Well, I, listen, there, there's there's a lot of new new names, obviously, and, and I think your eyes kind of go toward the guys that have been acquired in these these most recent trades. I'm looking forward to seeing the, you know, the center fielder that the A's got from the Braves, Pache. You know, I, I, I saw him a little bit with the Braves on TV, but you don't think much of it, but um, he has a chance to break with the team out of spring training and he's supposed to be like as good of a defensive outfielder as you've ever seen. I mean, we're talking 80 grade defensive outfielder, which is the absolute highest grade you can get. So we'll see with him. He may be your opening day center fielder. I don't know. But um, as far as guys that are close and have a chance to to help the team this year, that would be the guy that I would watch the most because he does have a little bit of big league time. And remember, there's going to be an opening in center fields for for the first month of the season because Laureano is going to be out with the suspension. So he may get a shot early on. And if he can hold his own offensively, you know, then you may slide Loriano to a corner spot or something like that. I mean, that's all down the road
1: a little bit. But,
0: but I am looking forward to seeing Christian Pache play center field because it's
3: supposed to be a treat.
1: Yeah, to see a guy go get it and be young and uh, fearless yeah. is, is always, I mean, right? It's a lot of fun to watch when someone's like, I don't care. Wherever that ball goes, I'm going to do everything I can humanly possible to get it. Yeah.
0: And and you know what, Tony, too, human nature is like, I want to see some of the guys that we got back in these trades. But the reality is a lot of these guys are younger, um, you know, low, low levels of the minor leagues. Um, A lot of the pitchers are low level minor leagues. They have a chance to be really good, but we may not see them for a year or two. but, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. You know, you trade Matt Olson, you're like, well, I want to see who we got back. But sometimes you got to be patient with that. And I think that's the case with with a good share of the pitchers that the A's got in these trades.
1: All righty, my friend. So when are you going back down? Going back Saturday.
0: We're televising uh, Sunday. I'm actually going to do a little radio this spring just just to help out a little bit. So the radio next week from today, I'm going to be doing it with uh, the great Vince Catronio. So um, it'll be a, a weekend of work in Arizona uh, starting Saturday. But looking forward to getting back there, and uh, before you know it, we'll be in. Philadelphia for the opener. How about that?
1: Oh, I cannot wait. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> that that game on Sunday, is that a night game?
0: No. Nope. It's a uh, 1 o'clock game. I'm just double checking here. And uh, it's against the Seattle Mariners at Hohokam Stadium in beautiful Mesa of Arizona. So, that's where we'll be. So, that'll be Sunday.
1: No, oh, that, that, like on, t- in,
0: on NBC Sports California.
1: It's like today. I was trying to say, like, you know, these spring training games, it's perfect. You know, a lot of people still working from home. And, you know, I was watching Yankees, Phillies. Right now we got Angels, Royals. It's a Monday. This is what's great about spring training. Just got baseball going on during the day. You guys are going to be on on that Sunday. It's just, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Did Otani pitch today? I thought he was supposed to pitch today or tomorrow.
1: He's on the mound as we speak. There you go. And once again, on. and once again, he struck out number ninety. Ninety's <laughs> got no chance. No, yeah, ninety. I don't think we're going to see ninety in the big leagues this year. But you know, what do I know? Probably not. <laughs> All right, Tony. Hey, I
0: can't wait to see you at the ballpark, and uh, let's talk again maybe before the season starts. All right, buddy. Be well. All right. See you, Tony.
1: We want to thank Ken Korak, Vince Catronio, and Glenn Kuiper for coming on A's Cast Live. Now back to A's Cast powered by iHeartRadio.
0: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.